Hello and welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. Our messages are designed to help teach and equip you on your journey to lead people to follow Christ. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage you no matter where you are in your journey towards Jesus. If you have questions, want to talk, or want to learn more about Summit, visit us at summitniles.com. I don't know about you, but after worship and hearing Pastor Dan, we can go home. <laughs> that was awesome. That was, that was great. Well, good morning, church. It's good to be here. I'm so thankful to be here to be able to talk to you about Jesus Christ and His Word. It's the most important thing in my life. There's nothing more important than what Christ has done for me. And what a blessing it is to be part of the summit. What a church family to be a part of. We've only been here a couple years, but boy, we love it. It's home. Well, before we get into the message this morning, I want to share with you a story about an experience that I've had laying stonework. You'll think, what? It was about six years ago, and I was remodeling our home. I tore off the siding on the first four feet. We were going to make it look really pretty. We were going to put stonework on there, so I was working at that. And it's simple to do. A child can do it. I found out that was not the case. It was about 125 degrees out, it seemed like, anyway, that week. And it was so hot. And it was last month is when it was, six years ago last month. And we were on the sunny side of the home, my wife and I. She helped me. And then we're getting to the final part. We, you know, you start at there where you tear off the siding and you work your way down. And we're down there trying to lay this stonework. And I'm laying on my belly. And I'm trying to get this, and I got a big belly. And I'm trying to put this stonework on. It just wasn't happening. I mean, and we put it up, and it would just fall down as quick as I put it up. I tried using more mortar, less mortar. I tried everything I knew how, and I couldn't get it done. But finally was able to get it completed. It had a, uh, a ridge around the foundation, and that ridge was just, it was terrible. Well, I put the pieces on, as I said, that finally stuck. <laughs> and I was just about completed. And I was so mad, this last stone would not go on. I yelled out a word that wasn't appropriate. It was not good. And I asked God to forgive me, and he did. He forgave me. Have you ever been there? Ever frustrated to the point that you go, oh. And when I did that, and the first thing that comes to mind, and you call yourself a Christian, Alan, do you know, after you've done something like that, but praise God for his grace. That he had grace upon me, and he forgave me. Well, I don't care how much money I will save the next time I have a project like that, I will never put stone on again. That was it. Well, you might wonder, why on earth am I telling you this story? Well, I'm wondering too. No. It's about finding his joy. 
in circumstances that maybe we find ourselves in. Finding his joy. I believe we all need his joy. And if we see what's going on around the world, all we have to do is turn on the TV. And my gosh, you'll see it. You just think when you, when you think that it's really bad, then you turn the TV on and it's worse. It just is. This is what's going around. And even in our own lives, stuff that happened to us sometimes. Well, we're going to look at scriptures today of how do we find his joy? How do we do that? Where does it come from? What's required of us? But before I dive into the Word this morning, let's pray and ask God to come in and guide our words, my words. Father God, we honor you this morning. We honor you every morning of our lives, and we thank you. You say, Father, that your Word does not come back. It's your promise that your Word does not come back void but a 30, 60, 100 times what is planted. And I ask you that, Father, right now, that you would guide us and that it will come back over us, your word, as we study your scripture. We thank you, Father God. We thank you that you hear us. And then we pray in your spirit, Father, that you will give us ears to hear. In your mighty name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, the title of the message this morning is Finding His Joy. Not our joy, His joy. So let's look at John 15 for their answer on where we find His joy. Yep, it's up there. Well, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now abide in my love. If you keep my commands, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and abide in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. So where do we find his joy when we read this in the scriptures? His joy is from Jesus. He will give us this joy. It's a gift to us. This isn't something that we earn or something that we learn. This is something that's imputed on us. You used that word earlier, I guess Pastor Caleb did. And he imputes that onto his believers, his followers. This isn't for everybody. It's for anybody that wants it. But you have to be a follower of Jesus. So what is required for us, according to this verse, so the answer is, is, if you keep my commands, that's a requirement for me. If I don't keep his commands, I don't expect to, see, to receive his joy. Because it says so right here. It says, if you could keep my commands, you will abide in my love. I don't know about you, but I want to keep his commands. I want to abide in his love. Because then, and you'll see this at the, at the end of it, so that my joy may be complete. I, I want my joy to be complete because so many times when I'm in my flesh, that joy isn't, it, it's confused with happiness. This isn't about happiness. This is all about the joy of the Lord being in us because his word is in us. It's changed us to be like him. It's his promise because if we keep his commands, 
that joy, his joy, will be in us and we will be complete. So in order to receive his joy, we must obey him, follow his commands. But obedience isn't just checking off the thou shalt not boxes. It's not about that. I mean, that's good too. We've got to follow his commands. But it's loving Jesus. It's falling madly in love with our Savior. When I fall in love with Jesus, I want to do things that please him, not out of, oh, i got to do this or he's going to hit me over the head. It's not about that. He's very patient with us, as I testified just a little bit ago what I said when I was putting up the stone. He will give us his grace, but it's his obedience out of love. Can you imagine, I, I, let's say I read a, a marriage book, which I have, and I've read marriage books and so forth, and I go home and I give my wife a kiss on the lips because that's what the book said I had to do. Okay, you got to do this, Alan, to be a good husband. I do that, and she looks at me and she goes, what's that for? Well, she wouldn't do that because <laughs> I am used to kissing my wife. But she would say, what did you do that? Well, I just read it in the marriage book that I'm supposed to do that. She'd be cramming that marriage book down my mouth. It's not about doing it out of obligation. It's about doing it out of the love that we have for our Father. This is where it should come from. So how do I remain in him? Because three times it says, oh, remain in me. If you remain in me, and my, and my love will be... Why? Why does it say, how do we remain in him? First thing, we must commit our life to Jesus. That's the very first thing. Because if we haven't committed our life to Jesus, how am I going to remain in him? And we read in those verses that we're to remain in him, but I can't remain in him or abide in him if he's not my Lord and my Savior. Romans 10, 9 says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. But that's the first step of abiding in him, because we can't abide in him if we haven't made him the Lord of our life. Second thing, we must keep his commands. Obedience. We will obey him in love, not out of obligation, even though we're obligated out of a, a deep love for our Father. Oswald Chambers says it like this, and if you haven't heard him, he's, he's, a, he's a wonderful author and evangelist. I, I study his uh, uh, book that he made, uh, My Utmost for His Highest, and I've read that for many years. Anyway, it says it this way. Do we have, yep, we do. The golden rule to follow to obtain spiritual understanding is not one of intellectual pursuit, but one of obedience. If a person wants scientific knowledge, then intellectual curiosity must be his guide. But if he desires knowledge and insight into the teachings of Jesus Christ, he can only obtain it through obedience. If spiritual things seem dark and hidden to me, then I can be sure that there is a point of disobedience somewhere in my life. Intellectual darkness is a result of ignorance. But get this last one. 
Spiritual darkness is a result of something that I do not intend to obey. And I know it's right. I know it, but I don't intend to obey it. That's spiritual darkness. For years, I was in spiritual darkness until I was following what I thought would be good, going to church. You know, you go to church, you raise up your family. But I was playing church, and there's a difference of going to church and, and following Jesus than there is of just playing church. Obedience is essential. It's essential if we want to live to have his joy and for our joy to be complete. We must be obedient. He is either Lord or not. But I want mine, if, I want my life to be complete, com, to be completely filled with his joy. That's what I want. And I try to live it that way, but I fail miserably sometimes. And with his grace, he passed me on the back, said, okay, Al, come on, come on. I repent and ask you to forgive me. I'm sorry, that's off on the other one. Pastor Chuck shared a message. It was a few weeks back with a practical way to help us add more joy in our lives by just turning off the news and worldly stuff that was attacking our joy. And he was saying how they met with a man and, uh, that, you know, that really uh, hadn't done that. He hadn't surrendered his, uh, what would you say, turning off the news. He was so consumed with it. Well, that helped me very much, both my wife and I. We have turned off nearly all the news and have tried to be more intentional about seeking out those things that it says in Philippians 4. And that is pure, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are excellent, things that are praiseworthy. The world can bring us down real quick. I don't know about you, but it sure can me. And it can rob us of our joy. Well, let me tell you a little bit about a story. <clears throat> I will call it a love story that I witnessed a few months ago at a funeral of all places. We were attending a funeral of a 28-year-old gal. It was, it was sad, very sad. She had passed away from cancer. She had only been married uh, four years, maybe four years this fall. And I had married him. And I had the privilege to go to their premarital marital counseling with them. And the honor of marrying them as well, but that was, that was amazing. So I kept this in my mind as I'm at the memorial. She developed cancer early on in their marriage. She was in and out of hospitals for many, many months. But her husband never left her side. He was there supporting her and comforting her all the way to the end. Their faith never wavered. They were both in love with Jesus, madly in love with Jesus and devout followers of his. Well, she succumbed to her illness this spring, and her husband was with her every step of the way. He spoke at the memorial service about his love for his bride. He gave testimony at how much they both loved and worshiped the Lord Jesus, and they did. He said it was very important to both of them to let everyone know that their many months of prayers were not in vain, that she was with her Heavenly Father now, 
and that they both are at peace. Their faith never wavered, not one speck. He gave testimony of God's faithfulness and knew that she would not want to come back even if she could. She was with her father in heaven. Their faith was strengthened through this ordeal, as with many others were. I might add that our faith was also strengthened by his testimony of faith. We sang songs of praise, worshiped Jesus with joy in our hearts, along with the sorrow. But this kind of joy and love played out in Paul and Silas when they were witnessing and testifying about Jesus in Macedonia as well. So let me go with a quick background story. <clears throat> Excuse me. Paul was being annoyed, this is out of the Bible here, uh, of a fortune-telling slave girl who was following him for days while he was going preaching in the town crying out everywhere they went that these men are from the Most High God. Well, Paul, after getting super annoyed, he drove out the evil spirit in the woman. The owners of the slave girl were extremely upset. Okay, they were upset with Paul that he had lost their income from her telling people their fortunes. So they got the people who were in charge to have Paul and Silas thrown into prison. So we're going to pick it up there. And we're going to pick it up in Acts 16, and it'll be verse 22. Well, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Now, this, this is not like our jails. This is a dungeon this is underground probably it was in a cave there wasn't any light there wasn't any light outside that's where they were put when he received these orders he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks not a good not a good place to be verse 25 about midnight paul and silas were praying and singing hymns to God. You know, like you do. Here they are. They've been flogged. They've been beaten. And they're put in prison? And they're singing songs? Man, that's faith. That's beautiful faith. I can't imagine going through what they went through. That would be so hard. Then having the strength to, and faith to sing songs of praise to God. This is amazing. Side note, you're going to have to read that full chapter. I'm not going to go in more on what happened. And it's so amazing. There's miracles that happen. There's people get saved, and it's just tremendous. But right now, we're looking at this, and we're looking at what Paul did and Silas. And they were singing hymns and worshiping God in the worst time that probably could have happened in their lives. Wow, what a testimony to their faith. Well, let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1, which tells us about being filled with his joy. In fact, 
his inexpressible and glorious joy. That's a long one, so bear with me there. It's, uh, yep, three through nine. We've got about six verses to go through. Well, praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. In other words, they were born again. The old life is gone. The new was here. They'd given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. We are shielded by God's power. We have that as believers. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to have suffered grief in all kinds of trials. I don't know about you, but if I get thrown into prison, I'm beaten with rods and all this, that, that's kind of hard. I haven't, that hasn't happened to me. But that's what was happening to Paul at this time. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. <clears throat> Excuse me. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an, here, this is it, an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you have received the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Can you imagine that after beaten? <laughs> the, the faith that they have, it is just amazing. And they have this inexpressible and glorious joy on them. And they're in this prison. I don't know about you, but I've been feeling sorry for myself from time to time in my life. Have you, anybody been there? Oh boy, you know, I'm, I'm running late. This is what we can do as people, and we can feel sorry for ourselves for the little things that happen to us. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. I know there's some major things that have happened to us as well, but boy, for you're receiving the end result of the salvation of your soul, this is good news. This is good news for those that are following Jesus. Question, is there a trial in your life that you're going through right now that you need to, to, to surrender to God and have this inexpressible, glorious joy? Are you going through something right now that you go, I need, I need that. I need his joy in my life. Maybe it's something that happened a long time ago. Maybe it's something that you're going through right now. Will you let him reign? Will you let him be Lord over you? Maybe it's heartache. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's forgiveness or unforgiveness. Joy is a deliberate act of obedience in response to who Christ is and what he did on the cross for us. He died for our sins so we could have life. Have you put your hope and trust in Jesus in a crowd this big? There may be some here that haven't done that. 
And if you haven't done that, boy, I would beg you, please consider that. Giving your life to Christ. It doesn't mean that you won't have any problems anymore, but he'll be there with you. He will help you get through there. And he sure has me. He has helped me so much in my life. Well, I'd like to share a story <clears throat> from my life about finding his joy in a time of trial. Six years ago last month, we lost our home to a fire. It was very difficult to watch as many firefighters were there and they were fighting, trying to put out uh, the flames, but no success. We lost everything we had, including our cars, our clothes, everything. It was gone. There was a few items that we were able to save out of the basement. But all we escaped with is with the clothes that we were wearing. And I didn't even have shoes. <laughs> it was amazing. Somebody, somebody comes by and knew that, and they, a neighbor, and he gave us shoes. He happened to have the same size as I did. What ama how amazing that is. Well, my wife and I went back to the home a few days after the fire and walked through the rubble. It was very emotional, as you can imagine. I asked Marianne if we could go back and worship one more time on our porch, which we called our prayer room. We called it our prayer room because this is where we had our Bible time, and this is where we prayed and worshiped God. We walked all the way through the charred remains, and I will never forget that smell that was in there. That smell, I don't know if you've ever smelled wet smoke and stuff that's burned up, it's, it's putrid. To the area of our prayer room, which we now, which, excuse me, which was now just a few wall posts that were hanging and the sky above. That was it. It was all burnt up. So we did that for one last time uh, in that house. As we were singing and worshiping God, giving thanks and praise, we were doing that together, Marianne and I were. Tears were flowing down her cheeks we were able to worship in the rubble it was a special time for us he graciously shared his joy with us even when we were surrounded by all this char and charcoal and devastated remains that we had but we were able to worship we were humbled and astounded by the response of brothers and sisters in christ Love was poured out to us in practical ways, in physical needs, and emotional support. Even to the point of, I was given shoes <laughs> from our neighbor who he knew we'd lost everything, and he gave me his shoes. Wow, it was just so, it, mean, it meant so much to us. We were so aware of his presence manifested to us through the body of Christ. This is just one of our uh, experiences of trial I know many of you have faced much greater trials than this and far deeper pain and lasting pain. But the promise of his joy in our life is the same regardless of our circumstances. He wants to bless us. You see, he is a compassionate God. He's full of love. He is fully aware of our pain that we're going through. And then you could be going through some pain right now. He is aware of that. It's not like this comes as a surprise to him. He knows. He loves us, and he is with us through all the trials. He will carry us through the trials if we look to him. He didn't say he would take away our trials. 
He said he'd be with us in those trials. But he did say he would be there. He'll be there for you. He was for me and for my wife. Well, let's read in uh, James 1, starting in verse 2. And I just love, it's one of my favorite chapters. Starting in verse 2, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. That's a hard one. I don't know about you, but I know that many of you, having this many people here, you're going through some trials. You can consider it pure joy. It's not what I'm saying. This is what God says. This is what his word says. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kind, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work. And this is his promise. Here's his promise. Don't miss this. So that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. I don't know about you. <clears throat> Excuse me. I want to be mature and complete and not lacking anything. And I can't do that on my own. That is only through God. He does that. He's the one that does that. And then we pick it up again in verse 12. It said, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. You see, perseverance, when we face difficulties and trials, we can trust God understands our situation. His word says in John 16, I think it's around verse 33, it says, In this world you will have many trials, tribulations, but take heart, I've overcome the world. This is what Jesus does. He, he is the overcomer. He wants us to be overcomers. He wants us to overcome our problems that we have. He understands our situation, and he sees our distress. He's not some far-off God that doesn't see us, what's happening. He knows it. He sees us and knows what we're going through, and he will comfort and strengthen us. God knows us intimately and loves us so much that he gave his son to die for my sins, for your sins. That's how much he loves us. Practical tips uh, for finding his joy. We're going to look at this, and the first one that I put down is the Bible. Joshua 1 and Psalm 1 says to meditate on it every day. And there's, there's a promise that goes that, along with that, so that it will go well with you. Now, I don't know about you, but I want it to go well with me. Right? Do we all? And we go through some stuff that is hard. I can't imagine some of the stories that I hear and the friends that I've known and their families and what they've gone through. It's terrible. It's hard. This is not easy. But if we meditate on his word, it's a tip for finding his joy. Pray. Pray continually, he says. Personal relationship with Almighty God. Ask for wisdom and guidance. Pray, pray, pray. Get on your knees. Wear out your knees. Ask him for your help. He will. He will help us. 
He says he will. It's a promise. Third tip that I have is Holy Spirit. Ask him to come and guide us and direct us through these times. Because we all have hard times that we go through. All of us. And some of them are just hard to even mention. I can't imagine it. We've had it happen, obviously, in our body. And there's not a body around that hasn't had these things that's happened. It's very difficult. But the Holy Spirit will guide us and direct us through these. And number four, the body. The body of Christ. I shared with you about part of the body of Christ and what a blessing this was for me and my family. And we were joined together in Christ and our burdens are shared as he intended. When we were, when our house burnt down, we had so many other people that would come in and help us. And they, they give us money, they give us uh, clothes, they give us so many different things that we were just at all at. We couldn't believe the response from the body that came in to help us when our home burnt down because we lost everything. It was amazing. But boy, was it amazing of what the people did and came in and helped us and prayed for us. To be part of the body is so important because when we go, it's not if we go, but when we go through heartache, pity the man, I think it says in Scripture, that doesn't have someone to help him up. We have that help here in the body of Christ. That's why you go to, that's one of the reasons you go to church, one of the benefits. The reason we go to church is because of Jesus, of course, and God and that, that what he has done for us. But the body will come in and they will share our burdens. And it's, it is absolutely amazing. Oh, well, we have uh, one more to go over. And that would be, uh, I added it in. Let's see, did I bring that with me? Obedience. We can't be his disciples if we don't follow his commands. We have to be obedient. When we are obedient, obedient to the Lord, and, and he tells us to be in the word day and night so that it will go well with us. Obedience is a big thing, and that's not on there. I don't think I had that on there. Sorry, I threw that in there to last. <laughs> Sorry. But anyway, obedience is it's amazing. When we are obedient to him, he comes by our side and helps us through without being obedient. How can we be his disciples? We have to be obedient to him. Right now, we have uh, many ways to help us with finding his joy in the church. We have ladies' Bible studies. We have men's Bible studies. We have a men's breakfast coming up here this Saturday. And I hope you can be here. I'm going to be here. I, I, I don't want to miss it. I want to miss what God has for me. We're, the, we're not meant to do life alone. And another thing that we're in, and that is uh, life groups. We have one, Tony's house and, and Jenny's, on Friday nights. Boy, it's, it's, it's wonderful 
to be part of a life group. It, it, it is amazing. I can't tell you what we get to do. We get to cry with each other and laugh with each other and eat with each other. I like that part too. Eat with each other. It's, we really, really have a, a great time. We're not meant to do life alone. We're meant to do it with other Christians. Well, worship team, if you want, you can make your way up. We're going to end this up here in just a little bit. I'd like to leave you with a final scripture from Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. I don't know if we have that or not. Do we have that? Did I slip one in there that you didn't know about? Nope. Okay. John 15, 13. I mean, Romans 15, 13, it says, if you want to look that up on your own. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me reread that. It's only one verse. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the hope we have in Christ. This only comes from Christ. The hope we have, the hope of glory, this is from Jesus. And I'd like to say, if, if you haven't given your life to Christ, surrendered your life to Christ, I would ask that you would do that this morning. Pretty simple. Eternity hangs in the balance. If you haven't asked Christ to be your Savior, to ask Him to forgive you of your sins, I encourage you to do that this morning. We don't know when our life will be asked of us. It says our, our life is like a here today and gone tomorrow, like a lily of the field. Romans 10, 9 says, it says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. Why is it so hard sometimes? Why is it so hard when we're making a decision like that for eternity that I want to set on? Is it, I heard someone, a pastor say one time, maybe it's the fat squad that sits on you. You want to, you want to stand up. You want to say, yes, I will do that. But so many times, we sat there. If you haven't confessed with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord today, I'd highly recommend it. It's the most beautiful thing that can ever happen to you in your entire life. It's more beautiful than your wife or your husband or your children. And I love my children and my wife who might give my life for. But Jesus Christ, when he comes into your life, he will change your life. He'll change everything about your life. And we can do that by just asking him. And he'll do that. Well, let's pray. Father God, we would ask you to fill us now with your joy. Help us take your joy and your love out into this world that so desperately needs it. 
and tell them the reason for our hope. Let our lives be overflowing with hope and joy and let it be a witness to others that our life has changed because of you, Jesus, because of what you did in our lives. It's in your mighty name, Jesus, that we pray and we give you glory. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this message from the Summit Church Podcast. Again, if you have questions, visit us at summitniles.com. Now go and be the church in the world.